Get ready to innovate and organize your workspace with Metro. As the industry leader in storage and distribution systems, Metro is here to transform and organize your kitchen. With their premium solutions, you'll experience the Metro difference. Metro's sturdy and versatile shelving units, workstations, holding cabinets, and utility carts are designed to streamline operations and maximize your productivity. Don't settle for imitators. Metro products last longer and offer unparalleled quality and durability. Plus, the many customization options ensure that your space is tailored to your unique needs. Hey, we use them here at Walk & Talk. Say goodbye to chaos and hello to order with Metro Shelving. Visit their website or contact them today to start designing your perfect space. Metro Shelving, your partner in organization and efficiency. Hello, food fam. This is the Walk and Talk podcast, and I am your host, Carl Fiadini. We are podcasting on site at Cahaba Club Herbal Outpost here with Marvin. Oh, my God, my boy. If you haven't heard of Cahaba Club, um, you got to look into it. Check them out at CahabaClub.com. Today, we explore how food connects us all. We're diving into a complex and often polarizing issue that has far-reaching impacts on not just the restaurant industry, but on society as a whole. We're talking about immigration. In recent years, immigration policies have been at the forefront of political conversations and media coverage. From border walls to visa rules, there are countless factors that shape who can come to this country and how the, really how long they can stay. In the restaurant world, immigration is a particularly salient issue. The food service industry is an integral part of the American culture. And you know what? So many of our favorite dishes and beloved chefs have roots in other parts of the world. At the same time, uh, many restaurant workers are immigrants and their contributions to the industry cannot be overstated. Okay, so how do we reconcile the importance of immigration with the realities of policy? Well, you know what? Today we're going to talk about that. Um, let's dig in. But first, attention chefs and food buyers. Are you looking to improve your proteins program with quality and service by the best in the beef business? Reach out to Peninsula Food Service. With 25 butchers on staff, their services will dazzle you and impress your dining guests. Peninsula is the largest Creekstone farm distributor in the southeast United States. And let the gang at Peninsula Food Service cut your beef burdens away. Ask about their dry age program. Look them up at PeninsulaFood.com. Hell yeah. Our guest today is Chef Thomas Parker from the Carroll Hotel. My boy. Chef is, uh, well, well, so okay, we call Chef a culinary partner to the show. And that just means we create a lot of content together. Um, before we bring him on, let's get uh, our resident chef, uh, Jeffrey Schlissel, the Schlissel uh, Meister, in the uh, in the house. How you doing, baby? Fantabulous, man. Yeah, and a beautiful day, right? Oh, my God. The last couple of days here in Florida is like strange because... It's what May now, and it's not it's been humid. fifty in the, like upper fifties in the morning. I, mean, I know you guys don't get up that early, but um, <laughs> it's been in the, it's been in the fifties. We, we're just going to bed, right? Yeah, yeah. you guys are just like laying down. Head yeah. hit, it's 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 five thirty. My head hit the pillow. I get it. Um, yeah, no. So we're on the farm. It's gorgeous. It's so quiet. Um, I wish all I wish all the wives out there could understand the wonderful feeling. That it is to just be on a farm and to be absolute silence. Yeah. Well, and hearing nature. Yes. Yeah. Nature. Quiet, beautiful nature. All right. Let's, um, how you, so wait a minute before we, all right. So you, I bought some, bought bra, some Scooby snacks. Bra, bra, B-R-U-H. Okay. Bra. Like yeah. what did you bring? It, it's like yummy. Yeah. I, I figured like last night I was like, you know what? We're going to Marvin. If I am not, if I don't bring food, I am going to hear about this for like two, three weeks. Yeah. And I'm plus. Um, when we were at the Carl Hotel last week, I was telling Chef over here to my left about how the different sauces, and I was waiting for the samples. Well, the samples came in. So I wanted to kind of bring the samples, and I had to bring something to taste with the samples. Pork belly. Yeah. I mean, Can't I'm go wrong never, with it. I'm never mad about that. No. So we did. I brought the um, – and Jim over at the uh, sauce place that we're doing co-packing with it just did a fantastic job on the first run. A little bit minor tweaking. It was amazing. Uh, funny story. When we were doing the ahi tasting, uh, the ahi verde, I tasted it, and I didn't have my wife at home, so I had nobody else to gauge to because my my daughter 
is one of those individuals that has a mutation for cilantro that once you taste it, it tastes like soap. So she won't taste it. That's terrible. So I, yeah, right. And so I taste this and I'm like, wow, that's not ahi verde. And I had to wait a day. My wife comes home. I say, hey, can you taste this? She's like, oh my God, it's your ahi verde. And I'm thinking to myself, do I, do I have a problem with my taste buds? I mean, and there was an easy fix to this. Well, yeah. Just, you could just give me a call. <laughs> I would have been right over it. I mean, what the hell are we talking about? Dude, like. Next I time even... I know. Next time I know. God. But she then finally after the third, by fourth, the way, or fifth time. By the way, I can eat cilantro like a son of a gun. Okay. And it, <laughs> I'll and keep taste, that in mind. It tastes, be, for my daughter. Yes. Yo, you'll be the taster for my daughter. Okay. So, you know, by the fifth time she said, it's your sauce, it's your sauce, but it's salty. And I'm like, oh, thank God. So that, you know, I can, that's a little bit of a reduction. But the ahi, or sorry, the, the old fashioned barbecue sauce, that's got a little tweaking. But with that bar, that pork belly with the crunch. I think it had Holy a lot of depth. I, I really, I thought it was fantastic. Thanks. In fact, I want to hear um, what Chef Thomas has to say about it. Let's welcome Chef to the show. How are you doing, my brother? Oh, I'm fantastic. I know Thanks you are. Thanks for having me, Kyle. I know. Hey, man. You know what? Well, this is what we do now. You're on the team. Like we're, <laughs> you're part of the family now. You're part of the fam. Yeah, like right? big time. So, listen, um, wifey's going to have to understand that you're going to become kind of a big deal. Okay? And, <laughs> and you know, social media and the whole he thing. He already is. I'll make her Bigger. listen to this. Bigger, eclipsing that. You know what we need to do is get that shield from uh, Veronica and give it to him. The Captain America shield. Oh, yeah. We keep talking about that. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to order one. (laughs) Seriously. Drop drop ship it, man. Next restaurant recipes. uh, Forget the chef gear. No, you don't need your plate right on the shield. (laughs) Now we're talking. And you know, and think of all the kids you're going to make happy out there, oh. right? Imagine actually, kid menu is going to have to expand. Well, wow! I, well, wait a minute right? though, for the kid for a kid menu though, imagine having like the shield for uh, you know part one of the dishes or whatever for kids menu. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you, have you ever heard of Turkey and the Wolf in New Orleans? No, that dude is crushing it. He just got a beard. It's a sandwich shop in New Orleans, and he has this fantastic like uh, vegetarian Reuben. Why I'm saying this is every plate that's, that he serves his food on is Melamine uh, comic book. Oh, that's cool. So I mean, every like like Star Wars, there's Superman, Batman, Robin. Every plate is served just like that. So we imagine if you did something like that for the kids and they had their own plates. That would be cool. I think we should uh, we should send send John <laughs> over there. No, he would dig that, right? Yeah. Oh, you, well, he's a comic book guy yeah, like me. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying like that would be cool. I mean, I want to go. Yeah. Well, we're going. Well, I'm going. July 13th to the 20th. Well, yours should be going because you're part of the podcast and they want to do the podcast in New Orleans. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully. We'll figure it. When is this? July. Well, it starts the... I got to go in on that Thursday. It starts that Saturday. Everyone pretty much flying in and then it's over on that Wednesday. So it's July like 16th to July 20th. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. We're going to talk about So what's new for you? What's Gosh. going on? Well, we just... Uh we just revamped all the menus in the hotel, actually. Um, two months ago, we, we added some hot items to our rooftop bar menu. You know, that was the big thing we've heard over the last six months is, you know, because I have no kitchen up there. I have no way to cook things. So you got to get creative. So incorporating a sous vide, incorporating, you know, ways to heat things without having a hood system up there. So we added a, uh, a focaccia flatbread and um, a bao bun, short little Asian mm-hmm. uh, Spanish fusion uh, short rib ropa vieja bao bun. Okay. Oh wow, yeah. that sounds delish. Oh, are we going to be? Is that something? Why didn't we taste that the other day? Well, we listen. We did. We did a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, you did eight items. Eight hours of uh, did, filming. Yeah, we were late for eight hours, man. That was. A, we actually have to go back because uh, there were things that we there were items we missed, so we have to go back. Oh, shucks. That sucks. Uh, I know. God, for no one. I know. <laughs> no one Except at all. you. <laughs> no. I think your staff loved us being in there, too. Oh, they did. Yeah. Except for there was one guy. I think there was one person that was... I'm not going to name or I don't even know who it was, but I'm pretty sure there was one... That, that guy. Was, there was one guy that was like, <laughs> who are these clowns? Why are they here? You know? <laughs> well... But with that said, people are haters. Yeah, <laughs> you know absolutely. And like... Look at right. food reviews. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? That's a whole other subject. Whole we should do that on Yelp. Oh, yeah! God. Everyone's a food critic now. That's Every, a great conversation. I, well, you know, give somebody a phone, right, where you can post something and take a picture, and that's it, mm-hmm. right? 
<laughs> and make sure you over filter the shot. I lo- <laughs> as I look over at John and he gives me the stink eye. Yeah, well, John took a picture of uh, took a nice candid um, shot right of me. He sends it to me, and um, he's like, "I don't want to see put any filters on this." <laughs> so I and how that work? I immediately put filters. I on immediately it. threw it into like the highest contrast possible, and I sent it back. And I was like, "So." <laughs> but uh yeah that's what we do um all right so all right so real quick i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to uh glaze by it um so chef thomas parker carol hotel we have your first season of uh restaurant recipes that we started filming and um you know and that includes uh the dirty dash cocktail hour for the bar oh yeah and um we're gonna start rolling videos out like probably within the next week or so that's awesome. And, yeah, and the owner of the hotel was time. there too, right? Yeah. During yeah, that the, whole period. That's uh, fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Explaining to him the following day was more fun. Oh. <laughs> everything was cool, right? No, everything was great. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, he actually, uh, he, he loved it. He, he told me uh, I should be the marketer for the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> well, we well, do wear that hat occasionally. Well, the food is the market. Right? Exactly. So, well, as it as it turns out, you you're going to be a face for the for the hotel. I mean, that's that's the truth. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna pump it. I know your uh, your awesome sales team, marketing team. They're gonna push, pump, whatever, and uh, that's gonna be really cool. And I'm excited about it too. And I know you are, so it makes me even more elevated. So it's it's good stuff. Um, all right, let's jump into the uh, let's kind of jump into the topic. Um, I'm gonna let Jeff. You know, I I let. <laughs> I let Jeff get into this first, right? Because he sets the tone. And then I have to come in and clean it all up. There, there we go. Yeah. I was waiting for that. Right. Yeah. Well, it's true. You know, it's, it's, it's the truth. So what, what's up? What are, you, what are you thinking? You know, it's, it's like what we talked about on the, in the phone last night about this conversation. Uh, you know, doing research. I was blown away. Um, I got this from one of the websites called MPI. And it basically is... The MigrationPolicyInstitute.org, and it was about the essentials role of immigrants play in the U.S. food, food, uh, uh, U.S. food supply chain. Right. And with that being said, like immigrants, they represent 22% across the board of all the different food uh, supply chain for the United States. I mean, one of the biggest things that was like stood out for me was the states. 69% 69% of the agriculture in California is immigrant. Uh, 70% of all of the Alaskan seafood processing plants are immigrant. Uh, 66% of Nebraska beef processing workers are immigrants. And you said it too. It's like you can see like the back-breaking work of vegetables and fruits and have to be hand-picked. Well, yeah, and, and how I understand it too, because here in Florida, they um, there was a bill passed um, that's going to – Just like, like last past week. Yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But you know it's Katie's here, by the way. Uh, what's up, baby? So um, we are filming uh, on site. It's live on site. It's a farm, and Katie is the uh, she's the farm dog, little farm dog, little butte. Um, there she is. So you know, and and ultimately, what ends up happening is agriculture. The agriculture component should remain untouched because there's already you know the the different visas that are in place for ag. Yeah, the H H one or H two A. H2B, a J1, those are all the ones that we studied over last night. Some yeah. are like specific to agriculture, some are specific to non-agriculture. Right. And so, you know, ultimately, I don't know. I mean, what do you I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of good with it. I I feel I feel good about it. All right, tell you the truth. Attention chefs and food buyers. Are you looking to improve your proteins program with quality and service by the best in the beef business? Reach out to Peninsula Food Service. With 25 butchers on staff, their services will dazzle you and impress your dining guests. Peninsula is the largest Creekstone farm distributor in the Southeast United States. Let the gang at Peninsula Food Service cut your beef burdens away and ask about their dry-aged program. Look them up at PeninsulaFood.com.
you know, I do too. As long as as long as they're doing the steps that's legal to be into the country and that they can show and work. Yeah. In the fields, because quite honestly, I mean, you. How long did you go when we first met? Before you got a sous chef, you went like, oh god, eight months, nine months, or I, something like that. No, some, um, some crazy. It's about six months. I I had two sous chefs when I started, but they were glorified line cooks. Man, they the skill level just was not there. Mm-hmm. It. I turned ninety five percent of my staff over when I started. Um, but it it's hard. Like it's hard finding good help. Yeah. Well, and just to clarify something too. So it is, it's hard to find good help. So post uh, coming out of COVID, you know, we're kind of in a different place. You're, you're getting people applying, but the people that are applying are not skilled in the positions that you need. Right. So it's a, it's a big problem. And when it comes down to immigration, whether it be uh, legal or illegal immigration, however you want to look at it, um, you know, it's not the individual. So really it's, it's the companies that are, you know, have 25 or more employees. And a lot of those times, those, those, the folks that do end up coming in and getting those jobs, it's not like they're getting taken care of. Well, mm-hmm. they, they, they get abused Yeah, oh yeah. and they work like animals. And that's, that is the equally the main issue with me. Like you're, you're treating these, these, these folks unfairly, these people unfairly. And then, but then they also came here in a, in a way that's, I think isn't fair when you compare other countries that have to come here, through, you know, fill out the paperwork, wait, you know, go and do, you know, go through the whole process uh, to get it done. And I've known a lot of those people over the years. So, I mean, I look at it from a, you know, and being, you know, we're from South Florida, too. So we, we're very dialed in. I mean, I grew up during the Cuban Mario yeah, boat lift. Sure. I grew up during uh, Jean-Baptiste uh, when he was ousted in Haiti. And he's still huge problems in Haiti today. Yeah. You know, the Dominican Republic, they had problems. Uh, Mexico now with the drug cartel, the, the influx. Sure. So, there, yeah, I definitely. We've, you know, you and I definitely have lived that being in Miami and the East Coast and stuff sure like that. Side note, my wife came in on the Mario boat lift. She was one year old. See one that? year old. Yeah. See that? Yeah. Something to say. It is. It's something to say. But if you look at like the concern, one of the things I was reading was the National Restaurant Association, even though I really don't like them, I have to quote them because they have the information (laughs) because of the serve safe. Um, They have approximately, they say they have approximately 2.2 million restaurant workers in the United States are foreign born. Out of all the restaurants are in the United States, 38% of them are immigrant owners. Okay. Not only that, but the, the United yeah. States, the restaurant industry grosses $997 billion. I think we're, we're like the largest gross national product that helps the United States right. as far as our industry as a whole. Sure. And one of the most inc- like incredible facts that I saw was from another uh, website I was looking at. It was like the five different things about the restaurant industry, what's going on, what we should look for, what's coming up and going. Is that here goes play right now. There's 600,000 jobs open right now in the industry. Yeah. Yet the workers that left during the pandemic and how they were treated, they feel, why should I go back anyways? Because I, you know, I was treated like poop. Okay. Well, I have a major, major Yeah, you and I talked beef. about this. I have a beef with, with, with these cats. And it isn't because they were getting treated unfairly before. And, you know, every, we should all, you know, uh, have, uh, you know, be somebody's uh, slave. You shouldn't know. Like the, the the business is rough, and but it's a hard business no matter how you want to cut it. But everything changed. <clears throat> everything did change. Wages went up. Benefits became available that were never there before, and 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 it's a starting point. And regardless of how we got there, it's there. So at this point, my opinion is if you're you know. Remember if, about opinions. It, well, <laughs> and I have mine. I definitely have mine. So, you know, with that said, if you, um, you know, if you walked away and, you know, you were disgruntled and then you, you know, you kind of didn't do anything else for the last uh, year or so and, and whatever. I mean, listen, I've had a hire uh, during during that period. And I had people that were just using me so they can fill out the paperwork so they can just get the cash, whatever they got to get. Their weekly, same thing their, happened to me when we opened our restaurant. Their same. weekly stipend. Yep. And you know what? I have zero respect for that individual. Okay. Now, if you, you know, obviously principles are principles and I respect principles, right? But if you're a principled individual, you're going to look at the situation now, the landscape and go, you know what? It's different. Can you still try to negotiate for more or something better? Yeah. 
but it's a completely different landscape now. And I, and I think that it should be embraced. I think that it should be, uh, it should be embraced. And I don't think that's happening anymore. You know, now mm-hmm. it's like, a, it's like the part of the workforce disappeared. It's that it doesn't show up anymore on the stats. Right. Because they're not looking for where they removed themselves from the actual workforce. So it, it, the numbers are a little bit skewed. And, you know, the fact that 10%, and this is based from the, uh, the NRA, uh, National Restaurant Association, uh, they said, what, 10% of all restaurant uh, employees are undocumented. Yeah. That is, that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. I guarantee you the guy next to me, the chef next to me, um, they probably have to do one of those calls, right, to find out if they have legit IN, well, uh, well, probably I-9s and all that. Oh, yeah. After now, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because he works for a major corporate company. I mean, yeah, Mary, we have Marriott and our uh, managing properties standards that we have to follow. Our hiring packet is, God, I think, sixteen pages long of paperwork that they have to fill out. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a lot. I remember during uh, maybe was it twenty twenty one, like right in, right as we were, you know, kind of seeing some daylight uh, on on uh, Walk and Talk social media. I mean, dozens a day from folks from all over the world in places that they were back. Like they were, Mister Mister Carl, please get me there. I will work. I'll work. I'll work a hundred hours a week. Just I don't care. I don't have anything here, and I have to feed my family. And I'm like, and there was zero percent I could do, like nothing. And I reached out to a few different. Um, I would never name them now, but I did reach out to some, you know, uh, hotel channels that I'm friendly with. And I was like, well, what do we do? Like you, you have, look at this, look at the resources that are available for people who want to work. Well, that's how do we bring them in? What do we do? Well, during that time period, what was the biggest thing that was different? Because a lot of times when I was in Palm Beach, a lot of my members worked for clubs and hotels that relied specifically on uh, foreign help through that H1, S1, J1, all those different visas to get them over to help. Once COVID hit, that whole um, revenue or employee stream dried up, so they had nothing. You know, one of the things I was reading that was very interesting this morning on, I don't know if you watch Fair Kitchens um, or even the Eddie Lee Project. Um, They said that, this was an amazing statistic, 72% of restaurant workers that were pulled feel that if they have a great communication with their bosses, that they feel that would be beneficial more so than wages. And I thought that was quite ironic. The communication from upper management, that they, they felt like part of the team. They have an in. So that's something to think about when if you're looking at and you're you're that leader that you need to change. Like we always we talked about it last night. How do we connect as you know me being the Gen X? How do I connect with a Gen Z or a millennial like this guy next to me because he's got that work ethic. He's different. He's I was just going to say he's he's different. different. He is. Yeah, but generally speaking, you look at what how the generation. Forget about COVID for a second and sidestep that out. You know, you look at that and. That's what really changed is the generation gap of what how people work. Yeah, the quality yeah. of employee is so much different um, than it was twenty years ago. I mean, I've, I'm 35 years old, and I've this is my 20th year in the industry, and I started in a diner in my little hometown in Ohio doing two. Did John, th- did John Mellencamp make a song about you? <laughs> No, no, <laughs> no, no, wrong, wrong town. Okay. Um, but like doing two, 300 covers a morning and I worked with cooks and we were making, I, I think my starting wage was $6 an hour as a line cook. <laughs> wow. And I worked with better cooks then, than I find for $20 an hour today. So when I was 15... When I was 15 years old. Realize I'm the oldest one here. You are. And you look it. Well, Marvin's here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you, but you, you look it. Yeah. Um, well, that's, you know. So I'm 15 years old. And um, all right. You know, you know, Cooper City. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know where, uh, you know where the um, Beverly Hills Cafe used Of course, to be? on Sterling Road in. And Flamingo. Yeah. All right, in oh, that, you're talking out west, not the original one. Well, yeah, it's the one in Cooper City. Right, okay, okay. Yeah, not your, not, the, not Hollywood. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, in Hollywood. I work there, too. Yeah. 
So, um, but they're in the shopping center, uh, the public shopping center yep. over there. There's a, there was an Italian restaurant and it was called Vincenzo's. Okay. And, um, and screw you guys if you ever hear this, but, um, <laughs> the, uh, they were, they were deadbeats boy. I tell you what, like, you know, I was always a, a rough individual, right. Growing up, like just that area too, just what it was. Yeah. And these, these guys, I was a 15 year old and, and I was working like a lot. I had, a, it was basically part-time, but full-time it was working a lot and they, um, they didn't want to pay. I actually had to go there with my father <laughs> to go there to confront. And then, you know, we got paid, but the, but like, these are the kind of like old school dirt bags that you run into. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, you know, speaking of, it's not really a dirt bag, but it's one of those things. Did you see that thing in Illinois or Indiana with McDonald's? A bunch of 10 year olds working in a McDonald's. Working in a McDonald's. I just saw that. I was like, what? That's awesome. <laughs> probably awesome. undocumented. Illegal. Probably. I, you know, I had, I didn't read the article. I just was shocked. That's yeah, an assumption. I didn't read the article. Either, yeah, but. I was, it was definitely, I jumped the gun. That's I haven't a, read it, but I will. It's an assumption right there. Uh, but I mean, think about that 10 years old and you're, you, how could you, I, yeah, I'm at a loss. I mean, I, I was not a 10. I was 12. When I was I started. 12. Yeah. 12, 13. I was yeah. 12. We didn't. Well, we're also talking about 40 years ago. <laughs> there was, you know, and I worked for my parents. Me know, too. That's you know, what friends I was restaurant. Right. Well, I wasn't even at the restaurant. I was doing. Oh no, I was at the restaurant. I I will never. I <laughs> I hate cleaning calamari, shrimp, and peppers. I can't stand it to this day. I I, I, I avoid roasting peppers just because of it. You know, there's a specific walk-in right? smell. Is, is it there? There's always <laughs> there's something. always something with that every you chef. Hate. There's always something that just that it strikes that nerve, burns it a little bit. <laughs> for for the record, I haven't I haven't spoken of this Vincenzo's place in in, in decades. In, right. And uh, I'm going to say, no. so their walk-in, I, I, I still, like, if I walk into a place and that, and I capture that, in the I walk out because it was terrible. Like, there's things I re recall, too, and you, you don't forget some of these things. Oh, no. What, what is, what, speaking of stuff that, like, burns you, what is something, like, you were, like, absolutely not going to do it because when I was younger? Fruit. I hate cutting fruit. <laughs> That's Despise one. it. Any oh, fruit? Yeah. All fruit? All fruit. The amount of fruit platters like I've made in my career, the amount of fruit I've cut for it sucks I, for breakfast. There is a such thing as portion controlled uh, fruit, you know. Pre yeah, but it's it it's not the same when you get the fresh stuff in there. It, you know, I understand that too. I mean, I worked at the Bonaventure Hotel and Spa, and they used to have during that certain time of year they would rent out and and the entire resort was paid for by um, a Hasidic group of Jews that would come down for Passover and they would have the entire hotel. We had three shifts going. Was this family or? Was it no, no, thank God. Oh. It, it was funny. They would come to me and they're like, well, you need to work it. And I'm like, no, I'm Jewish. I pulled the Jewish <laughs> card. I'm like, I got to take off. <laughs> it was the, all they had. They had 10 people. That's all they did was clean fruit for all the fruit. Oh, I'm like, God. no, hundreds of cases of melons and cantaloupes and watermelon coming in that they had to strip off and clean. And no, thank you. It was because of prep is why I never wanted to transition into the kitchen. They tried. They tried I, so many places. They're like, come on, you know, you're going to, you know, nah. Pat Utter did that to me in shenanigans. Yeah. I worked for Pat. I was the only male server front of the house. I always loved being in the kitchen, wanted to open up my restaurant. And Pat looked at me one day and he goes, if I had the opportunity to go to Johnson and Wales when I was going through it, cause he was, he was the GM at Martha's back mm -hmm. in the day. Okay. And, um, sorry, we're going reminiscent to Hollywood. Um, so he was like, listen, if I had the opportunity, this is where I'd go. And then I transitioned from being the server to being the cook. And then I realized how much money I lost. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And how much more hours you have to put It in. was enormous what I lost. Right. And how many, and enormous hours. Yeah. It was bracket. It was, and I don't know how I lasted. It was backbreaking, yeah. you know, just to do that. Even from moving from the prep cook from when I was 12 to when I was in my 20s going to school. And yeah, just, I don't know. I, I mean, I couldn't, I mean, at this age, I would never, I, I would never want to step into a, the restaurant again to work like I, I couldn't do it i couldn't handle it like i i'm i'm mad enough to say that i i could not i don't know if i could handle so, the kens and karens that's yeah. where i think i'd lose my that's well, the that's, hardest part. well that's the yeah. problem well that's the problem the, you know you, you look at me like there's a 30 year or something 30 something year like gap you know, gap no i am not putting up with these these uh these creatures that you know end up making a 
mockery of culinary, like, you know, the whole experience. No way. Oh, yeah, and I was, it's funny because you talked to Chef Michael, who you met because we filmed yeah. at the Carol. Thanks for letting us do Great that. Guy. You look at that and you have a guy that's trying to go for a Michelin and you just, you, we had talked in the green room about uh, Rooster and the Till got a nod and now that you yeah. think they're really trying to go for it. That is probably the biggest thing today in today's society of the, the lack of labor is that also once you do find somebody, they don't really care. All they care about is the paycheck. They yeah. don't have that passion. Right? Oh, it's horrible. I mean, how do you, that's, that's like when we sit there as chefs, we talk about employment opportunities and getting employees. That's what we're really talking about is the actual if I quality. showed you if I showed you some of the uh, I'm sure I'm certain that I, I still have these. But if I showed you some of the communications that I was getting from overseas <laughs> that like these cats I, and they you know why show, and they were showing me the resume like resumes, all the pictures, photography, uh, you know, just of everything they've done. Dude, these, these there are some talented cats and they wanted to they wanted in period. Have either of you guys ever worked with like a J1 program or anything? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I would say I, my first CDC position in a hotel in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, we, we brought new J1 students in every six or eight months. And I tell you what, the, the work ethic of those kids, and I say kids because they were 16, 17, 18 Seven, years old. Seven, eight years old. Yeah, <laughs> not that young. <laughs> Terrible. But, but like, That's my daughter. Right. They'd work 12 hours a day and want to work more. Walk and Talk Podcast, now sweetened by Noble Citrus. Bite into a juicy crunch tangerine. 40 years perfected. Seedless and oh so tasty. Or savor a starburst pomelo. The giant citrus with a unique zing. Don't miss autumn honey tangerines. Big and easy to peel. Noble Generations of citrus expertise delivering exceptional flavor year round. Taste the difference with Noble Citrus. And that's what we're missing here, you know, and, and that's the, and there's like, so, um, Gen Xers, you know, what, you know, all the memes and the, the videos that are coming out now that they're pretty accurate, you know, like the whole, you know, like I remember and like in 1983 or four, my, uh, I was probably eight my, and I could never think about doing this with my seven year old, eight year old now. She gives me a shoestring with the house key on it and puts it around my neck. It says, okay, well, this is how you get in. We're not going to be home when you get home. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, yeah, just don't lose it. And, uh, you know, don't let anybody in. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and an eight-year-old kid. I'm like, all right, no problem. And I did it. You know, I came home. I made myself a snack. I did everything I had to do. That's what it was. Can you, can you, nope. can you, and you're going to get this soon. You're going to get it soon. <laughs> can you imagine? Nope. Get, nope. Letting your giving your child nope. a key to the house. Nope. Get out of here. Nope. You know? Not not my kid. I mean, she's she's smart enough, intelligent enough, but I still wouldn't do it. I mean, dude, I was I was at the Hollywood Mall the day that Adam Walsh was abducted, and yeah, I you told that, me that that next day I got home. My mom was like, "We're locking the doors. You're not allowed yeah. to go. You got to make sure you do this." Da, 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 da. Like and our life your, changed. That was your hood too. Yeah. That, yeah. Dad, definitely. I was I mean, only, that I was changed. fifteen minutes down the road. Yeah. That definitely changed that whole. Uh, event changed how we perceive things back then, and you know we we you know as I grew up it became different things too. But right. I mean, good lord! I mean, you've heard of you, you've heard of Adam all, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Ironically, Shiny, yeah. ironically enough, the the Hollywood Mall was literally across the street from the police department. Yeah, and it still is today. Oh my god, that was the I big irony of the whole thing. Yeah, Sears faced uh, North Park Road and Hollywood Boulevard was towards now, which is Target, I think. It was near that. And that whole area, that's where he was taken out by I got to tell you, I never was really crazy about the Hollywood Mall. No, the it, Fashion Center. Well, no, that's fashion. that's different. Hollywood Mall, the Hollywood Fashion Center is over on 441 and um, yeah, well, they Yeah, I don't know what it's called now. Yeah, no, but the Hollywood, the Hollywood, the Mall. Hollywood Mall, the old Hollywood Mall, I was never a fan. Oh, neither was I, but... It was something for me to go over with my friends during the summer because, again, you your parents said, we're not taking you to summer camp so you can go do whatever you want at 12. Right. Well, don't come home. <laughs> right. Don't come, don't come home. Stay out of the house. <laughs> we When we started, um, and, you know, so I've, John, the producer over here, uh, actually 
known John, God, since 1989. So um, back then, we would, um, he was, I was 15, he was 16 or 17, whatever, he had a car. But we all, what we also do is go to the, um, the Broward, uh, Broward Mall, and we would drive in circles. We'd play the, our music loud, right, because we had little systems and stuff in the car. Play of course the, you did. And just circle the mall, because it was a great mall to just drive around. And, you know, looking, looking for them honeys, and just, you know, and just driving around the, driving around the mall. And and we would go and then from Friday night. You would go on the strip. To the, I was just gonna say, yeah, we would go from the mall, elbow room, the candy store. You would go from the mall right straight over to uh, to Briar the Boulevard, and then you would dri- and then you would drive yep. in circles. And but that was when you could actually park on the sand too. If you remember, yep, you park right. Well, remember, no, that's when they were just about to change the direction. You can actually go both north and south on on you, Las Olas, right? But it was still it was yeah. still, it would still have to turn at the uh-huh. whatever that street was. But uh, I remember skipping school. Uh, 10th, 11th grade, whatever it was. And we would just go to the beach, park right on the sand, man. It was, it was awesome. Uh, kids, if there's no kids, I was like, but don't, don't do any of that. That's really tar- terrible. Bad choices, bad decisions. Um, yeah, man. That was, but look at you now. You skip school and you have a whole podcast going on. Yeah, a whole media this, group. Uh, media empire. Right. There um, you go. Yeah. But See? Imagine how, how, if how you actually sooner, stayed at school, how much sooner this all could have come into fruition, uh, had I, you, technology had to catch up. That's why. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, man ahead of his time. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get the flip phone until like in the nineties. I think it was. Well, we had the bricks in the eighties. We had the bricks in the eighties, mm-hmm. but in ninety three, the Nokia came out. Mm-hmm. That no, that first Nokia, and everybody had it. Uh, and we were what twenty one. And then Ericsson came up with the one. I had the Ericsson. Yep, I had that Ericsson. Then we had. Motorola with the Moto, and then we had blue. Uh, but, the, but the texting. So, so when <laughs> when you used to text I, on the I, old phone, BlackBerry was the best thing ever. No, when that was that came oh, out. Wow. yeah, that was. I had just I was into, a keyboard. <laughs> I had just got into sales when that came out, and it was just like holy crap! And you can you can actually send emails and everything from there. So I'd be at the bar, <laughs> you know, like doing all the work from, you know, whatever. Again, bad bad choices. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no. Anyway, so today now we have little uh, little computers uh, in our pocket, um, amongst other things, I guess. Right for you, you got other stuff in your pocket. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, keep it to yourself. I will. Yeah. Oh, it's for Marvin. Well, <laughs> right. my daughter, I, you, she is so addicted to that phone. It's yeah. like, ugh. I don't know if that's what turned her into the Satan spawn, but I don't know. I mean, I have an excuse because I'm, I'm literally always doing something for the, for, you know, whether it's restaurant recipes, the dirty dash, uh, walk, talk podcast, the magazine, constantly on the phone, constantly social media, constantly posting or doing something. You post more than me. Yeah. And that's a lot. And you, yeah, you, I post a lot. You're a bit of a posting whore. Wait, I, if I'm a posting whore, <laughs> I'm the madam. hello, madam. <laughs> And I don't post at all. <laughs> and, sir, and, madam. Say, sometimes you do. So every once in a while. Every once, every once get, in a while. Once Carl in a while, yells this, at me I all the time. Bro, tells you me gotta I need step, to post more. You got you to step your game up. Homie. I know. Yeah. I, here's the thing. And I I went kicking and screaming to go to TikTok. And Keith Saracen is the one that's like, dude, you got to get on it because this is like the next big thing. But now the biggest thing now, YouTube shorts. So yeah. It's, it's got, it passed TikTok. Shorts and for chefs, great. we have to. No, for sure. Let me tell you something. So I, what I started doing is taking uh, some episodes that are already that we've already pu- published, and and right from right from the, the that um, from YouTube Shorts, you can capture what you want, edit it right there, and send it right out. And then it's I mean we get pretty good coverage on um, on our YouTube stuff. You know, like right now we have a couple of videos that are about two to three weeks out you know that they've been out for about three weeks and you know we're floating around 10 12 000 views for, for those wow. videos but when you put the shorts out within a few hours you have 1500 2500 views like it's badass yeah yeah it's I just, I just did one with a mech like a taco bowl and it hit a thousand i was like what yeah yeah, yeah it yeah. was stupid it was like nothing i was like it's not stupid Don't well for me, like some of the videos you do, you're like, oh, this this might be it. Nope. I don't know what it is and how that algorithm works, but that's it's. I haven't figured that out. I don't need to. I just keep on posting. Yeah, I don't get it. I did. You you, you know, need to I do ha- it. I have done some posts. Like I I did a video of uh, I I make fresh focaccia at the hotel, and like that hit like 
2,000 views like within days. Mm-hmm. And then like a couple of days later, I got some fresh black truffles and like as a chef, you're thinking, oh, this is... This no, is it didn't. Yeah. yeah. I saw that one Nothing. too. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. No traction at all. That's what happens. But, that's, but you don't do it enough. That's the algorithm telling you to take a, take a hike. Okay? They say, take a hike, Mike. That's what they say to you. Yeah. Because the algorithm is like, look at this cat. We're going to taste. We're going to taste. We're going to tease him. And then we're just going to pull it back. That's what they do. That's what they're doing to you. So in other words, they're telling me I have to post more. Yeah. Absolutely. I was kind of pissed because... You have to do it like two, two times a day when you're first starting. Two to three times a day when you're first starting out until you get your, um, you know, your audience. I actually have... Yeah, that, see, I'm not happy with this. I have... <laughs> of I course have, he's not. No, this is from a couple of months ago when I was kind of experimenting with shorts on YouTube. And um, they got he clarified shorts on YouTube. <laughs> kind of, <it's>, <laughs> you didn't know where it's going to go when he says experimenting. It's kind of a pattern. <laughs> so, you know, I was getting like 1,300 views, 500, 800, bep, bep, bep. and then I posted uh, a, a short clip of your uh, walk and talk interviews uh, video. And it hardly registered at all. And I'm looking at it now and I'm pissed. I'm actually going to delete it and redo it. But because after that, it's 1,500, 2,000, 2,500, 1,500, 1,600. This is on the shorts. And those, and they happen like lickety split. It's probably my daughter watching. Dog. Hey, whatever, man. Because you know? she, she, that's all she watches is YouTube shorts. Yeah, no, it's we're ridiculous. You're, you, first of all, uh, for every, so whoever is listening to this, you have to understand, you have to go to the, uh, it, the walk in talk. Uh, on on YouTube, and you need to look for Chef Thomas Parker in the playlist. Coming here uh, probably in the next, uh, call it a week, should have something starting to go up there, and and you need to start watching Chef Thomas Parker because his food is stupid. Um, what I love is he says you need to go, and then he turns to look at John like John's the one that posts the <laughs> yeah. videos, but he's the key master over here. <laughs> yeah, I, he's Zool. I keep thinking like, why aren't these? Why isn't stuff getting done around here? And I start looking around, and I'm like, damn it, I haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> there's so many things, man. It's there's so much people. Okay, so if you're a Gen. What is it, Gen Z? Uh, if you if you still have a teat that you're, you're coddling at night, uh, I'm only kidding. If if you're a younger uh, per- person and you want to get into, you know, something with cameras and social media, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Um, it's expensive and it's grueling. It is fun. We have a good time. Oh yeah, but, but this is in different. all seriousness. It's like you you really have to dedicate and commit to this in a big way. And then when like you spend a, a boatload of money on certain pieces of equipment and then something breaks or it doesn't work. It's or, like seven hundred dollars for a new soundboard. Yeah, seven hundred dollars oh. for a new soundboard or you know It's yes. only six months old. Right. Yeah. Like that kind but of stuff. Listen, give a big shout out to Roadcast because they, they, they did it right. They, okay. So you mean when there's a negative, right, you got to do the me, positive, right, be let balanced. Me, let me, uh, let me explain that real quick. So we have, um, we have audio mixers and video mixers, all sorts of, uh, fancy dancy stuff, right? The worst that you can think of the worst thing that could ever happen is during a live taping, your board just takes a poop. Yeah. Like the, the, the soundboard, the mixing board, the Roadcaster Pro 2, which is a beautiful piece of equipment. We're actually, we're, we're recording. We were, we're on a podcast with a, a, a big wig over at the ACF and we're in the middle of, of this recording. And then it just went. And I'm just like, what? And I'm like, okay, well, anyway, it was terrible and it was so unprofessional and horrible. And I was pissed. And I'm like, all right, I'm not sure what's, what the problem is here. So John's like, I'm like, it'll go away. <laughs> it's going to go away. It'll be fine. Just like, no, man, you should probably go and, you know, call him and whatever i'm like nah fine i called him turns out we went through this whole um you know breakdown of uh what it could be and it was probably the uh one of the you know one of the uh, main boards in there he says well you're still under warranty so why don't you send that back and then we'll send you a new one and i'm like look homie I don't do this for for fun. This is like what we do for a living. By the way, the guy's in Australia. He calls him homie. 
<laughs> and it's a true story. I was like, mom, come on home. I'm like, you know, we, we do this for a living. Like this is not for uh, a hobby, you know? And uh, yeah, you don't have well, time to wait for, I don't have time for that. Like, come on. He goes, I didn't have to, I didn't have to say anything further. He was cool as hell. He says, all right, um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ship you now, but I do need you to make sure you send the other unit back. I was like, deal. Of course. So they were really good about it. Um, so we're, right now what we're working off of is the new unit and it's awesome. The problem with the other unit too is I couldn't update the firmware with like updates and we were like, pff, like 15 updates behind and it does some really badass stuff now. Really, really cool. So anyway, with that said. Hey, bar and girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby. Um... 80 degrees out in the wind. Did you feel that wind? Yeah. Oh, my God. Right, this know, is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you cannot. This is like being in San Francisco in July. As a reminder, without stepping in, you know, f- human feces. <laughs> feces, right. right. Yeah. Um, you know, for everybody out there listening, uh, to, as a reminder, we're at uh, Cahaba Club Herbal Outpost, which is a microgreens farm, micro flower, micro flowers farm. And, um, you know, Marvin does a terrific job out here. This place is so beautiful. And then, by the way, that's not wind blowing in the in the background you hear. That's actually the waterfall in the. I don't think they can hear it. Oh, there you can hear it. I can hear like hissing. It it'll it'll be it'll come out when we. Yeah. Uh, only a like don't get so dork nerdy. Oh, I just it's because you know what's relaxing. I mean he he built his. Jesus, that's a. <laughs> it's a dinosaur. Um, <laughs> he built this farm to be like chill. Me. You know it's. Everything about his farm is there's just like very some feng shui. I'm going to say there's some feng yeah, shui going yeah. on here. You know, even the barn where he lives is just it's amazing to be out here. Yeah, and you know what? In the in the uh, in the season, you know the cool months. Oh yeah, and you see the product he does, what he puts out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm all. He had there. some damage when it got really cold. I remember that the last time we were here. So, it's just one of those things. D- does does the immigration thing really affect you as much because you can't get certain people or? How does that work for you? Uh, not really. It, it's weird because I've been down here two years now in Florida, and all you hear about is the the ethnic workers. You know, restaurants are full of ethnicities. Um, my kitchen's not. The yeah, I noticed that, that about the, your kitchen. The people that walk into my kitchen are are, are not foreign. They're not ethnic. They're but, and I. But I've been fortunate. I found some really good cooks, really good chefs that that are passionate and, and care about what we do. One of the things I love about having a very diverse kitchen, my last kitchen I was in with my restaurant, I at the one point I had an entirely female staff and it was fantastic. They were, one was Puerto Rican, one was, you know, um, Afro-American. There was one that was the, um, uh, what was that back, background? Uh, Dominican or Cuban. So I, every time we had a family meal, it was something different from that person's. Like I would always say to my cooks, like, okay, who wants to do family meal? Make sure it's something that's going to warm our soul. And it was really cool to see their passion for their cuisine. And then sometimes their cuisine actually ended up making it onto the menu, which was great because what better way to kind of introduce people to different things? Like not many people know what a mafungo is or a trifungo. What'd you call me? Exactly. You know. <laughs> well, all right. So uh, what I'm... Oh, yeah. So what oh. I'm thinking here is, so this is our new, uh, this is our new um, track for talking about the cool products that we, you know, work with. Like, for example, 813 Tequila or Peninsula, you know, Peninsula Food Service with the Creekstone Farm, um, Molina Olive Oil, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, Soon the bacon cartels, two sauces. Oh, for sure. I mean, I know there's a reason why you hang around, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought this was the food. No, well, no, 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 no. Not that. We That's what you, you were. Around. That's yeah, right. You're, you're around for the for the for the grub. Right. But you know, at the end of the day, yeah, we're all working together here. Um, so yeah, how do you like the sound? That's awesome. It is. So cool. I want to give a shout out to uh, Pablo. V- uh, how do I say his last name? 
Vivas. Yeah. Okay, Pablo Vivas. Sorry, buddy. Um, yeah, Pablo does a great job. Pablo is first of all, he's a, he's a his he's, as a human being, he's amazing, and um, all of the music that you hear on the podcast is made by Pablo. Like he com- you know composed it, uh, played it, record like did everything. He's a he's a genius. He's a badass. So this is one of them. And yeah, um, you got to keep this one. Yeah, well, this is for yeah. specifically talking about sponsors. Nah. Like in the middle of a show, we're gonna start doing this, and we have this in the background. And like we're talking about, oh man, you know, you know, uh, Dino and Joseph over at Molina Olive Oil. Those guys. By the way, he, chef, need, he needs that spicy olive oil that Molina has. You, oh, I have it. Wait oh a minute, my God. Thomas, I've had it from the beginning. Thomas, how do you love it? It's the hands down the best olive oil I've ever tasted. In my right. Life. And what about some of like the other the ancillary? Spicy pepperiness of the it. The organic like, one you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. The 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 what, girl, Fenta. Right. Fenta. Yeah, it's delicious, man. Yeah. I mean, he does a great product. I mean, here's the thing: he's taking the Greek olives and he's taking them, shipping them over here, and he's pressing them in St. Pete. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get better. Than but then that. he also just like did they they updated their inventory too, their product line. So they have all sorts of other products that you are. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, and we also have people that are up and coming that are coming on to the. So yeah, we're actually media. just we just uh, penned a, a deal with. Um, uh, my boy, his name is Ryan Spence ah. at uh, Southern Deli and Provisions, and that is awesome. He's got about three thousand. He's got about three thousand items, and they're all freaking high end and beautiful. Everything from like charcuterie to and know, he does the whole state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're listening to me, uh, if you can hear the sound of my voice from wherever you are in the state of Florida, you too can get amazing products. From Southern Provisions, Delhi and Provision. Um, reach out to us at the thewalkandtalk.com. Send a note and I can connect you to awesomeness. That's what, uh, that's what we do here on the show. Connect to awesomeness. Well, and I would probably give a shout out to anybody who wants to come on the show or show us products and be a part of our either be a culinary partner or a vendor partner. Oh, give so you wait, a call. Wait a second. I have another. Notice I, I just threw it at him. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hold on a second. Time out. John, can you transition into the other pad? Oh, here we go. Let's see how this is going to... He's so slick, isn't he? All right, so she, do you hear this track? Yeah. All right, so this track here is to specifically for talking about the walk and talk media empire. All of it. And ultimately, it's so this is when we're... Pl- yes. So wait a minute. Well, Two Star Wars nerds. It's May 4th. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm thinking you should have had something more like cynical, sinister, like maybe like the March of the Empire. Right. Well, okay, that's. <laughs> yes. I can play it for uh, the you Empire. Yeah, yeah, you so want. can I. It's my ringtone. <laughs> Actually, my wife walked down, to, walked down instead of Is Here Comes attached? the Bride. She walked down to the Imperial March. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, it was the funniest. Wow. And we set that up. That's her ringtone. I had that set up from Exavine. <laughs> that was another, another whole other situation. Yeah, but um, so this is the track it's uh, by good. Pablo Vivas. That um, it's for talking about the show. It's kind so of Miami-ish. I like it. I know. Well, you know, it's kind of it's you know it's got a good flow to it. So when we're going to talk about the Restaurant Life magazine, or we're going to talk about restaurant recipes with Chef Thomas Parker, or restaurant recipes with Chef Jonathan Rodriguez, or Alex Reyes, or you know Kev- Kevin Ho, what, the lineup of chefs that we got coming on. It's hot. It's hot. And we're changing. We're going to change the face of culinary because of this. You know, I have to throw this one out there. Marcos, at, over in 1961, John told me to go there. Yeah. We need to do a nice no, little podcast. A he does a phenomenal yeah. job. His, I have never had um, a ham croquetta the way he does it. It's more like a dumpling, but it's so airy. And then he does the a beautiful sauce underneath. It's That's just downtown, ridiculous. right? Yeah, right, literally in the heart of Lakeland. Yeah, it's downtown Lakeland, man. It's a badass place. Yeah, and it, it's, think of Ghostbusters or like one of the movies where it's got the marble front and then the in etched in the marble is 1961. Don't go looking for it because, or I should say, look for it that way. It's not black. It's kind of etched into the marble. Yeah. So when you get there, you're like, where the hell is it? It's That's the building right there. Um, it's the right one. across the way from Harry's Bar. Which is a pinnacle place in downtown Lakeland. Yeah, I mean, it's, you should go check it out, Jeff. Yeah, he's yeah. the chef is Cuban. He did a bunch of different jobs uh, all over the country. Worked for country clubs and stuff like that. And he opened up this thing to move from where he was. He's been open for a while now, too. Yeah, he's, by eighteen months. No, eighteen he, months. The new one, the new location, has ah, okay, been about eighteen okay, okay. months. The build yeah. out. Yeah, because I know that it's been it's been quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
He opened up before COVID. Yeah, he's crushing it. The food, the flavor profile, um, the chicken sandwich I had was, was just fantastic. The fried calamari, because Bacon Bits loves that. Uh, they were it was fantastic. The whole meal in itself was just fantastic. Great experience. You know, he didn't even know who I was, and we started talking. He saw the tattoos. And like, a, by now, people should know who you are. You, you know, it, it, that happened. Did I tell you that? No. So I'm I'm down at the farm in in Sebring, and this couple's talking to me, and you know, they're saying my name. My nickname's Sheffrey. And then uh, when we get done, she then reveals like, "Oh, I'm a chef. I want to open up a my my uh, food truck and so on and so forth." And she goes, "By the way, we follow you on social media." She goes, "We knew who you were." That's cool. And That's I was like, cool. oh, okay. She goes, we wanted to find out if you're really the big deal that, you know, you are on social media. And I'm like, and? She's like, yeah, the food was awesome. I'm like, cool. But it's just like when Jay Garner, when we were setting up and he goes, oh, I know that voice. I kind of <laughs> got freaked out. So it was like another thing of like, uh, no, I'm not that dude. I'm you nowhere know, near that fu- dude. Funny story. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. Um, oh, you're, a, you're the one with... Uh, with Roberto Trevino? Yeah, 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 Trevino? Yeah. So, so uh, chef... Roberto Trevino is a, you know, he was a food network chef, like badass. He's still a badass. Uh, he's a good friend. He's, he's a good dude. Um, he was at a, he was at a restaurant in Orlando um, and he was kind of the face of the, the restaurant and we were doing a show there. So um, it's kind of like a long restaurant, like a shotgun, you know, kind of restaurant and everything had to get walked across this whole, the whole place. We're setting up, we're doing our thing, whatever. You know, they're open. You know, they're open for business. We're setting up. I walk past the table um, and and I hear, uh, Carl. And I turn around and I'm like, I'm looking and I'm like, I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And they go, um, you, we follow you. We follow your show. The Walk and Talk show. And I was like, like, are you kidding me? Like, who put you up to the, like, where's Ashley yeah, Kutcher? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Am I being punked? Where's exactly. Alan? Where's exactly. Alan Funt? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yep. we're, 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 you know, what are you kidding me? And they were like, he's like, no. And he pulled this, he pulled up the thing and he, he showed me. I was like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing ever. So I had Willie. I said, Willie, do me a favor. Go interview that guy. And just, you know, and we, we, uh, we put him on the. That's know, awesome. Thing. Yeah, it was so cool. Because, you know, what are, you, what are the odds? Family Guy was hit, uh, his fella, his wife, couple of kids. Oh, I thought you were talking about Family Guy. Seth MacFarlane? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, Shapoopy. I watch your, I watch your show. It's, it's real good. Yeah, I love it. So that's cool. All right. So, um, Chef, are you excited about the freaking videos coming out or what? No. That's a freaking lootly, man. All right. Like, right. I, you know, it's... It, as a chef, our day-to-day operation is so stressful, monotonous at times. Like having you guys in and, and taking a day away to do that is can be such the most enjoyable thing of my month that I do. So, all right, I'm going to say something, right? So, coming from uh, you know, obviously, I had the the restaurant experience, right? But then I got out of it and I and I went into the distribution and sales, the dark side. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I went there. <laughs> See, so yeah. I did there. Yeah. Right. For you guys. So uh, I went into that. So I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, like literally over the thousands of chefs over the, my career. And oh, chefs can be kind of assholes. Um, but <laughs> not kind it, of. Over, overall, like, we are. We definitely are. <laughs> no, listen, overall, you know, uh, rough exterior inside is like dough. You know what I mean? It's like butter in there. Um, but I do know that everybody. And now that I'm part of like doing this the media thing, everybody wants to get like an attaboy. Like, hey, man, you're doing a great job. You know what I mean? Because it feels it's nice to be recognized. Well, not only that, but I mean, you got to think for his staff and for him I'm having saying, those. Well, that's what I'm getting yeah, at. Like, the, the fact is, the guy, the guy cooks. The mm-hmm. guy, boy, he, can cook. Right. He right? can throw it down. He can throw down. So that to me, I'm like, put him up here. I want, and that's the nature of the show is that like, hey, you 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 might be known in the trade. And people know, but let's get everyone to know as many people to know you as possible. And let's put together our little network of chefs and let's like do some, do, do some damage. So the fact is we get to go in there kind of, kind of, kind of cradle you like this and go, you're doing a great job, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and we, and we put you on film, man. And, and we get to showcase what you do. How you got two chefs here. Isn't this cool or not cool? No, it's awesome. Oh, it's, it's epic. 
I mean, me being from the East Coast of Florida, moving to the West Coast, I had no culinary, you know, uh, chomps here in, in town, obviously. I mean, back there, I did, well, somewhat of one. But here, you know, be, the show introduced me to, like, Jonathan and Thomas and Kevin and, my God, all these. And we did the, that one down in St. Peter. Marvin. Marv, well, yeah, the farmers, too. You know, let's not forget about Happy Trails. We need to talk about them towards the end of the show. That's the one that just called me and said, hey, I'm losing my farm. Oh, okay. Days. I didn't catch the name. Yeah, yes. Happy Trails. It's okay. a goat farmer. Um, so we'll, we'll, you know, just meeting everybody and having that, and then seeing these guys in, in their in in their domain. Even Amanda, that was great when we did her show. Oh, sure. At her uh, studio, that was fantastic. Because here's the thing, I'm getting to see what other chefs are being. They're be, they're reinventing themselves. So Amanda has a. Uh, I don't remember what her. I so I was sorry for Amanda. I don't remember the name of the business, but it's. Chef's Table, right. Thank you, John. So she owns this thing called Chef's Table, and during QVC and the whole hype of the COVID, she shifted gears and started doing that and bought a little studio, and she gets has chefs come in there and do does the, all the products right there. But what's the chef, the the, the chef, uh, Zaka, oh gosh, what's his name? Which one? The Food Network chef. No, oh, the Zakaria. Food Network. Jeffrey uh, Zakaria. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went, I went, I went to the bathroom and washed my hands and I see his coat. <laughs> I was like, wow, he's, um, did you put it on? No, like, it was going to be like Tommy Boy, fat guy in a little <laughs> coat. That, I couldn't get that thing around my forearm. You tried. I mean, yeah, I tried. <laughs> tried. I seriously tried. I was like, good Lord. I mean, that, that's like a small. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I, I made a comment. I think to Amanda too, and I'm like, seriously? She's like, yeah, he's lost a lot of weight. I mean, great for him, but bad wow. for you. Well, I'm I'm on the way down. I'm down to two thirty one from two fifty. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I'm what am I two oh eight today? Well, well, after that pork, probably like two twelve. I'm two twelve. <laughs> I'll be two fifteen by tomorrow. Once it's settled, right? Right. Those yeah. pounds of pork belly in you. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny? Because Carl keeps on saying this. This is where we want to do like the walk and talk kind of like. Throw down here with a here? bunch of the chefs. Yeah, oh, this is where we want to do it, and it'd be great, like in October, November, because yeah. it's like the humidity kind of. I was talking, to, so I, I keep talking about this um, Mark Conway, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That we met at Nafam. That's the one with the pink suit. Yes, we we say Mark, and then he has to go pink suit. I'm like, yes, gotcha, right? Because he's cool as hell, and he, you know, he was a chef um, prior, and, and now he's he hosts. Um, you know, world, uh, the world food championships and cooking championships, whatever. And he does a lot of cool stuff and he, he, we're in sort of the same space. And, um, you know, when you get two cool, um, you know, media operations and you put them together, you can do a lot of stuff. Right. So that's the, that's the idea. Anyway. Um, he's got something. He just I told me this yesterday. I, yeah. I'm not going to break it either. Cause it's not done, but he's got some big thing that's going to be coming up uh, next it's, year. It's marinating. It's marinating. We're not going to talk about it. Uh, we're not going to talk about it. On air. We're not going to talk about it. No, we're not going to talk about it yet, but I will tell you that I threw Jeffrey's hat in the ring for, for this event. And it's a big, it's going to be a huge freaking event. And you, sir, I got a lot of barbecue to make. You got a lot of barbecue to make. <laughs> anyway. So look, <laughs> All I want you to do, Thomas, is start sharing stuff on social media. Okay, like that's your freaking that's your job. That's your that's your homework. Yeah, or or if you can, you know, maybe you can talk your you know talk wifey into doing it for you. I don't know. That'd be great. She yells at me too. Yeah, about that. Put her in you charge. Post your stuff more. Put her in charge. You're gonna have a listen. Let me tell you something right now. You're gonna have a crap load of content. Okay, and you need to be pushing it everywhere. Yeah. In order to maximize this, we got that's what we got to do. So you have to do that. Put your wife in charge. Uh, you know the guy who does all the chocolate, Andre. The, yeah, the, yeah. He's like twenty-two million. Mm-hmm. His wife is the social media person. Really? Yeah. So forget about even all that. The monetization of what he has on his account. Oh my lord! I would guarantee he doesn't have to pay for chocolate ever again if he wanted to, because of the way the sponsorships. Right. So think about how you can monetize as you're doing this. And by the way, uh, it's eight, huge. 813 tequilas uh, in the house. I'm just saying. Uh, just, uh, Wait, I'm looking for the bottles is what I'm where's looking for. Where are the bottles at? Yeah, no, where's the tequila? Where is this? Tomorrow, uh, Cinco de Mile. I mean, Revenge then, of the Sith. And then and then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, then, uh, Chef Sean just walked in as well. Um, yeah, we're, we got a lot of stuff going on. You're going to hang cool. for a bit, right? Oh, I'll be here. Oh, he wants to walk yeah. around. Are you kidding me? He hasn't, I, well, he hasn't gonna, even seen that. I'm, that. I haven't seen the other side of the farm. We got to yeah. do the tour and everything. John. And there's Marvelous Marvin's daughter just coming and say hello. <laughs> All right. 
So, first of all, let me thank everybody. Uh, Chef Thomas for being here. Jeffrey, John, the whole crew. Um, true story. Uh, Chef, uh, Chef Sean is in. He just took a, a nice position over at one of uh, uh, Chef Chris Pont's places. Um, got Daryl in the house from 813 Tequila. And we're going to get into some cool stuff coming up here next. And uh, I just want to thank you for listening. Share the show, people. Share the damn show. Let's yeah, make it happen. We don't mind if you share. I'm not a Sharing's pet. caring. Yeah. Not a Karen either. It's just caring. Yeah, caring. Yeah, caring. caring. Not, not caring. with the short haircut. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. Okay, okay. okay. No, no, no. Right. Not the not Princess Leia. No, we <laughs> we are out. <laughs>